0: at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Butler wins the first ever Battle of the Bulldogs, 41-21, against Morrisville. We need to push for this matchup, a Butler versus Morrisville matchup. I think this could be a good rivalry we could create. First time meeting each other in the playoffs. Two powerful stud house teams within their respective areas. Got youth, youthful talent. This should be something that we should push forward for because I would love to see this matchup more and more, and we shouldn't have to wait till the playoffs. Let's get this in the regular season. The same remains true, though. It's hard to beat a good team twice, and Huff defeated Mallet Creek, which proved us right. Pine Lake preps hudson Stalem in a loss versus Salisbury had 32 tackles. 32 tackles. And shout out to Owen White, formerly of West Rowan. He was selected by the Texas Rangers and has been added to their 40-man roster. So congratulations, Mr. White. We'll definitely be looking to see you play at the next level, sir. And I have to admit, I was feeling huff, But damn. All this positive sentiment towards them pulling it out versus East Forsyth (laughs) has got me quite timid now. And it seems everyone from the panel of Talking Preps will sign towards Huff as well. And usually, when we're all on the same side, emoji side-eye, we might just have a problem, Houston. This is the Gym Class Podcast, a show where we will be fixated on the talent, the player, the process, because we all know there's not progress without that. I'm your host, Joe Bombo, and we are powered by 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte Podcast Network. High school basketball tipped off this past weekend, and there was a star stud event hosted by Rick Lewis and Phenom Hoops in the beautiful gym of Carmel Christian. The host team survived a Friday night matinee with a 58-54 narrow victory over Asheville Christian School. Mustafa, Mustafa 6'6 Jr. scored 16 points, 5 boards, and had 4 pilfers to add on to that. The stars were out. Combine Academy brought a feud, and I was quite impressed by their efforts. I'm going to be looking forward to their improvement as we move forward in the season. They could definitely clean up the turnovers from the guard position. But a great showing by Rakis Passmore, who just did all he could do in the second half to shut out the Burlington School. A lot of exciting basketball coming up in the next couple weeks. We'll discuss in further detail within the next few podcasts. featuring some of the most prominent voices within the high school basketball scene. Locally as well as nationally. But let's talk states. And I'm talking state championships. Week three in the playoffs. And I have CFI's finest, Matthew Morrow, for that conversation. Let's get into it. Gym Class Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bombo, and I have my guy with me. You know, we always have to do this, and I, I'm, I'm not going to cram them up every single week. We're going to give a little debrief and then come back to have this conversation again. You know, we did it round one. Now we're in the third round of things, and things have kind of got a little bit more clear as a pitcher, some upsets, or well, let's say some teams going down early that we didn't expect. Uh, speaking of Chambers, giving the keys to victory as they lost 16, 17 to 16. Um, Charlotte Football Insiders, Matt
2: Morrow, I know you've been staying busy, man. How's things going with you? Uh, things are good, Joe. Um, as you said, we're in the third round of playoffs, um, keeping up with everything that's been going on. Uh, it's been pretty interesting, you know, so far the first couple of rounds. Um, you know, our, our showcase, I should say. Is, uh really going to ramp up with registrations um, and all the schools that are coming. So, there's been a lot of communication going on with that. Um, it's an exciting time. Uh, uh, but I'm always glad, you know, to be here on the gym class with you. Hey, Ben, I appreciate that, man. I
1: always love having you. Uh, I was debating between going ahead and starting to talk basketball and air interview that I had with Paul B. and Cardi. Or Matt Morrow, and I decided to go at Matt Morrow. We'll we'll push Paul on the back end today.
2: <laughs> I guarantee no one else will ever utter that phrase. <laughs> hey, clip that,
1: clip that. <laughs> no discredit to Paul, but we're still in football season, so you know we 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 can save some of the uh, radio or podcasts gold for later. But we got gold here today, that's for sure. Get back to things. Uh, Kings Mountain, man, they, they've been both racing teams so far in this uh, 3A playoffs. You know, the Mountaineers have outscored their opponents 84-6 to over the last two rounds. And they have a date with number eight. And we know number eight being the West Charlotte Lions. This, this game could go either way, Matt. I feel either it could be a defensive struggle with both teams or the Lions are going to get chugged like the beer on a Friday night. <laughs> I need to see some offensive from West Charlotte, man. So, I'm going to leave it right there. You know, these are two teams that faced off for the first time. Actually, this is the first time Kings Mountain has faced a Charlotte team since they played uh, West Charlotte last year. So, yep. w- w- what do we expect from this game? Because I'm expecting the results to be very different than last year.
2: Well, the biggest key for me is, can West Charlotte hold up against the Kings lines of scrimmage for four quarters and especially their offensive line because that's the key with Kings Mountain. their defensive line really is the generator for everything for that team um they have athletes usually West Charlotte when they're successful it's because their athletes are getting in space uh making plays um Kings Mountain doesn't really allow that um we hadn't really seen a team have a ton of success against about moving the ball this year. West Charlotte's playing with a freshman quarterback who I've seen, you know, video on him, and he, he looked every bit of a, as a freshman, <laughs> as you would expect. But he's doing a good job of getting the ball into very talented playmakers' hands. If the West Charlotte offensive line can hold up and give him enough time to do that. Because I don't think they're going to be able to just sit there and be able to run the ball, you know, all game and try to protect him. He's going to have to make some plays. But when he makes those plays or gets the shot to make the plays, if he's able to hit a couple over the top and make it a four-quarter game, that's when Kings Mountain could feel some pressure. But that's a big, big task. The other side of that, West Charlotte is going to have to try to stop a very powerful Kingsmouth offensive line in a run game. Plus, they have a senior quarterback in Little John who capitalizes on eight-man fronts by hitting, you know, play-action passes that Coach Lloyd does a good job of mixing in and keeping teams honest with him. So, I think West Charlotte can make it close for a half But I don't know about a full four quarters. That's that's going to be the key just because of the numbers and depth and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean,
1: yeah, granted, they are, West Charlotte speaking, are coming off their their highest scoring game to date on the year. Um, The question is, can they carry that momentum over into this game? And definitely having a first half start and jumping on them would definitely help them at least get their confidence, I believe going on to the 4A and then there were four. Well, I mean four brackets because as a matter of fact, if you look at things right now, Matt, and all four brackets within the West 4A slate, there is a CMS team being represented. Of course, you have number 15 Butler taking on AC Reynolds, who can't, who's coming off with exciting victory over the last weekend over Chambers. Um, how do you see independent? I mean, let me not say independence. We'll talk about independence as they play Grinsley. But how do you see Butler coming into Asheville and
2: performing against this A.C.
1: Reynolds team off that big win?
2: Well, you know, the one thing about it is I think Butler is <laughs> it sounds crazy as it sounds. I think Butler is getting AC Reynolds at a good time because you, if you've seen the social media, AC Reynolds is really giving it the chambers <laughs> on social media <laughs> in a couple of different I ways. have heard. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, they've got a really good Butler team that's coming in there, and I think Butler is starting to play their best football at the right time. You know, Brian Hales. You know, I've been through this a couple times before, obviously, with a couple of championships under his belt. And um, if you think about it, it's been a little while since Butler's you know, kind of made a run, you know, in the yeah. playoffs. You know, the way they beat Mooresville last week was impressive. Um, they got Peyton Scott, the, the um, star edge player on defense, but playing some tight end on offense, making plays. Um, their offense really got going. Uh, especially in the second half. And um the young quarterback Zach Lawrence, um, four total touchdowns, two throwing, two running. If he continues to play efficient football, um A C Reynolds is gonna have a fight on their hands, uh for sure. Now on the other side of that, uh we know A C Reynolds is is very strong defensively based on what they did last week in Chambers. Um they can match up with athletes. Um offensively, um you know, they didn't put up a lot of points against Chambers. Chambers is a really good defense. Um, Butler's going to have to be ready to stop him first and foremost. Um, I've seen Butler when they played Charlotte Catholic. Um, Catholic was really, really dedicated to running that game. And while Butler didn't give up a ton of big plays, they gave up, you know, four or five yards a pop, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, until that fourth quarter where they made that comeback. So it's going to be really, really key um, for Butler to be able to stop the run and get A.C. Reynolds off the field and let that offense be efficient um, with the running pass the way um, Coach Hale wants to be.
1: It's funny that you say that, and I, I agree with you 100%, the efficient part of the Butler offense and how efficient the quarterback will be uh, under under that position because that's going to play a big factor. The, the game against Independence, I've seen some, a lot of throws that got a little bit high, and if you start to get inefficient with those, those could definitely turn into turnovers, and this could be a more difficult game than they expected. Um, Weddington, I, I feel like Weddington has been one of the teams that I've kind of I've slept on. I don't know if you have. Of course, they've only lost one game this year, and maybe slept on is not the best term to use. But they're not talked about as much as you expect. What is it about this Washington team, and do they have a legit chance to continue this uh, winning streak?
2: There, Oh, absolutely, they they have a great chance. Um, they're at home this week again, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean they don't lose at home. <laughs> they just don't lose at home. And last week against Cox Mill, they shut down a a pretty good Cox Mill offense um, completely. The, the fourteen points Cox Mill got was against uh, the JV's in the fourth quarter. Um, so I, that told me a lot because you know we had some concerns earlier in the season with their defense. But they got those fixed, and um, uh, that was if if you're going to get Weddington. You know, that's the thing. You're going to have to be able to, to score at least 21 points because their offense with Tyler Budge and, and um, Zion Patterson and Griffin Reimer. Um, and then they have an efficient run game. They mix in with that. Um, they remind me a little bit of Butler, except they're a little more spread in their attack. Butler will go to more conventional formations, closed formations, but like to keep the field spread. And, um, Tyler Budge has done a really good job throwing the football and making plays down the field. And uh, they, they've got as good a shot as anyone. But to your point, I think they're forgotten a little bit because you, we used to think of them as they were in, um, you know, the smaller 4A or they were in 3A for years. And I think sometimes we forget they're in 4A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they absolutely can be a contender because this year I don't think especially out of Charlotte Metro there's not one dominant team so they've got as good as anybody
1: maybe because they do it so often you kind of take them for granted but they they stayed in here you know and they they've just been consistent and that's what you want from a team it's just the consistency you know and like you said that that offensive side is just balanced and they have a lot of weapons that they're able to give it to. So, I'm definitely uh, going to be paying attention to that part. A team that we talked about all year, and I think it's going to be one of the best games that go, goes down Friday. And that's going to be the number one to see, number one seeded team in Grinchley, who we talked about earlier, just uh, pounded Charlotte and just uh, used the athletes to beat them. They're going up against the Independence team, who has athletes. And I'm just going to put it out there, man. I feel like, I feel like independence could win state. I feel like they will win state. Let me just say that. I I feel like this team, I had a good chance to watch them. I feel like they have enough athletes and they're well balanced on offense, running the ball and passing the ball, keeping you always uh, guessing what they're gonna do. And their defense has played, I think really good ball. The teams I've seen them play Catholic, Olympic and a Butler, all three of the teams. They controlled the game for the most part. They were up ahead. Yeah, the teams fought back, but I just see a very balanced team. And I think that's what you need in these type of playoff settings if you're going to go deep.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you to an extent. I'm not going to (laughs) say the All right. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're playing their best football of the year. And, I mean, I I did watch their um, stream against the Olympics. Um, last round and just the, and, and I put on Twitter, it was a clinic. It was a clinic in the first quarter. I think there was 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And nobody saw that come. You know, yeah. that, that sent a message. That sent a message for sure. The one thing about Independence that, you know, I feel bad that I have not given enough love to is the performance of their offensive line. Their offensive efficiency comes from the fact that their offensive line is the best unit I've seen all season long. I really focused on them uh, in that Olympic game and they played so well and they don't have a bunch of big guys, you know, that's not a lot of six, three guys, 300 plus pound guys, but they are so technically sound and, um, you know it, it, the the way that their their pass blocking scheme works, it gives little time to find those guys downfield to make those big plays. They mix in that um, RPO game, or if they're just doing straight run. Um, everyone, their steps are great, their hand placements good. They get next level in the run game. It is really good stuff, and I gotta shout them out. That that big that offensive line is doing an awesome job. You know for those. And yes, yeah. I do think they have a shot at Grimsley because you flip it over on the defensive side. We know Grimsley has those athletes we were talking about with their game against Catholic last. They have guys on the outside in the secondary that can match up and make it hard, you know, for Grimsley to try to when they take those shots to win those one-on-one battles. And they're big up the middle um, in the run game. And they're strong on the edge as well, so they're gonna make it difficult. If you're gonna beat Independence, you're gonna beat them. They're not gonna. You're not. They're not gonna lose. They're gonna make you earn everything, you get And that's the sign of a really good
1: team. Yeah, and like I said, I'm gonna double down on it. If I had to eat the crow, just bake it for me later. If that's the case, I think <laughs> I think Independence is gonna win state. It's just something about. Maybe I've been at too many of their games <laughs> and I'm just, uh, I'm just eating up all of it. But I don't know. It's just something about this team that I, I feel I have a feeling that they have a great chance. Though I haven't been able to watch some of the teams in the Greensboro area. But I will get a chance to do that because I'm definitely going to check out this next game. I haven't been able to watch up all year long. At number five seed. They just took care of Mallory Creek. Like we say, it's always hard to beat a team twice in a row, especially a good team. But I'm going to be in Kernersville Herner, when they play East psych This is uh, an offensive team that has so many weapons going up against a defensive team and Hub that has been stout all year. So that's my synopsis of that's the game of, of the week that I see and the definitely the game that I plan on being at. And it makes it difficult between that and Grimsley because Grimsley independence is going to be a good game. but. What intrigues you about this East Forsyth and Huff
2: matchup? Well, the first thing is it's a playoff rematch. You know, they matched up in the playoffs last year and Huff got the best of them. Um, and then that's, that was the week before they played Chambers in the uh, region final. So that's one thing that intrigues me. The second thing is, like you said, um, both sides have, you know, good defenses. Um, it is, it'll be intriguing to see the East Forsyth the offense Um, They got everybody coming back, and then they have, you know, a couple additional weapons on the offensive side of the football they didn't have last year. Now, the thing about Huff is they are extremely fast in the football on defense. Um, One thing I always talk about is teams outside of Charlotte don't face the same competition week in and week out. And when you get to play one of the top Charlotte teams that Huff is – It'll be interesting how that first quarter goes for East Forsyth. Mm-hmm. If Hump is able to hang in there and it's 0-0, or even if they have a lead after that first quarter, there's going to be a little bit of doubt that creeps in on the East Forsyth side of things. They have been really confident up there that they are the best team in the state. And if Hump shows them a lot of resistance and it's a struggle, then, you know, Hump, that. It, that's where Huff wants it to be. You know, it it can't be a thing where East Forsyth goes up 14 nothing and then they're going to have the fan base behind them. They're going to get all the momentum and then it's just going to be a, like a snowball rolling downhill at that point. Huff makes that a tough game, a close game. It favors them, in my opinion, because everyone around the state thinks East Forsyth's the best in the state. Um, if Huff creates that doubt, it's going to be an interesting game. And I think it is going to be an interesting game because I've seen Huff a couple times. Um, I saw them against Dutch Fort early in the season, and I saw them when they beat Chambers up close. And um, they they are impressive. They are impressive, especially on defense. Offensively, they have enough guys that can make plays. These forces well-coached on both sides of the football. I think, like you said, I think it's going to be a heck of a football game. It's probably going to be the best game in the state the next
1: uh, Friday night. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to make that trip. I can see it. And like you said, it's going to be interesting because if Up is able to create a lead, he's going to push the, uh, these four sites back against the wall. And then you're going to see some of these players that we talk about, like Jalen, Oxfam, and Rainer. And if they're able to step up, that's what you want to see. Like, when I watched the Shaw Catholic Providence Day game, and... Providence Day was down with two minutes left. I wanted to see uh, Davis orchestrate that drive down the field and put that team in position. And that's what you want to see from these guys when they say they're these guys. You want to see them perform when their back's against the wall, when they just have to go out there and play and not think. So I'm going to be excited about that game. I'm going to take that drive up there, and uh, I'm going to soak all of that in. And uh, you know how we do at the end of every uh, single time we sit down, where are you gonna be making a job at this week for your game?
2: Well, I'm gonna go to a game that we didn't discuss. Um, and that is the private school championship oh. of rematch of Christian at Providence Day. So, um I'm very excited. I told Coach Greer already that I was coming. Um but that game last time ended on that uh, game-winning field goal by Charlotte Christian. Uh, it is going to be an amazing atmosphere over there. Uh, I cannot wait. There's a lot of talent on both sides, and um, that's what it'll be Friday night.
1: I, I forgot about that one. Well, good thing you brought that up. because That's a, day, a game that you definitely want to be tuned into. Um, that was, The first game was exciting. first game was very electric. Uh, Providence Day let that one let that one through their their hands. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We have a lot of rematches. If it's not rematches from last year's playoffs or rematches from earlier in this season, it's going to be some interesting ball to be played. And we don't want to sound like a cliche, but it's the truth. It's hard to beat a good team two times in a row. So that's going to be the theme going to this with some of these teams and seeing if they can get over that hump. And make that statement false. So, Matt, Charlotte Football Insiders, you can check them out uh, Wednesdays at 730. You can also check them out. I don't know if you just did it the past couple of weeks, but they've been doing the CFI After Dark, where, oh, the, yeah. NW,
2: where the NWOs uh, made an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was a one week deal. (laughs) All right.
1: I I wanna I
2: don't wanna get sued by WCW, whoever has those (laughs) rights. Hey, well we know WCW can use the money if anything. (laughs) Hey,
1: but thank you, man. I appreciate you sitting down and giving your insight on these games and uh Hey, enjoy your game this week, boss man, and we'll be
2: talking soon. You too, Joe. I appreciate it, man.
1: Samaya Suffering, Mia Zaris. we've talked enough Daven Hobbs. Let's talk some Ella Hobbs. I mean, she is one of one. Girls basketball, boys basketball, Bishop Boswell, Myers Park, the ball is bouncing around the cms we will break that down to much more next week as we get into our charlotte hoops challenge preview until then i'm joe bombo you've been listening to the gym class podcast enjoy the games